Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh. I am a youth pastor here at Life Church. I'm excited to get to be here with you today. And joining me is my friend. And um, you may have heard, you may know him as just the guy that says, come on a lot. I don't know. Like, what do you know? Yes. Him? Come on. And there it is. Come on, James Meehan. Um, James, I love getting to talk with you. And I really appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us today. Man, I'm uh, excited and honored to be here. Love being a part of the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. That's the Come first on. time I've ever actually gotten to say it. And it's, it sounded so good. Like it, <laughs> it's again, I mentioned this last week. It's that microphone. Come on, Goodness. the microphone. So good. No. Um, well, hey, man, I'm, I'm excited. I want to start off with a question. Uh, from a switch leader. And as, as we've mentioned before, we love to hear questions from switch leaders. So if you have Absolutely. a question that you'd love to hear us address on the show, send us an email at switch at life.church, switch at life.church. Just shoot us an email with a question or maybe even a topic idea that you would love to hear discussed on the podcast. So here's a question that we're going to that, that I love um, to talk to you about this week. Um, I heard I had actually quite a few different leaders submit sort of a version of this question, and it's this. Uh, you see, we know that we know that it's good for us to talk about to talk to students about what's going on in their lives. It's good to give them an opportunity to kind of share with us how their week went, um, to just kind of talk about stuff that they enjoy. That's all great. Talk about you know different things, but we also want to have the opportunity to talk to our students about what they just heard and learned in the message. And sometimes that can be a little bit challenging. And so we had quite a few leaders send in the question, how do I do that well? How do we, <laughs> like, how do we help shape a conversation around what we just uh, heard and learned in the message? Yeah, this is such a good question because I think I've mentioned it before, but I don't, you may not be familiar with this, but I actually started as a small group leader with sixth grade boys seven years ago before I ever got on staff at Life Church. And now I did not know seven that. years no. later, five years as a youth pastor and two years now in the content role helping craft the messages and the leader guides and whatnot that we create. I'm once again a sixth grade guy small group leader. And thankfully I have learned some really valuable lessons in those <laughs> last seven years because I remember seven years ago, first sixth grade guy small group, that we talked about the message probably a whopping 2% of the entire semester I was with them. Okay. And what's really exciting is my now group of sixth grade guys, um, we've gotten to the point where most nights we talk about 50% of the small group time about the content in the message. And we had a night recently where literally the entire small group time was just really meaningful, rich conversation based on the truth that was shared in that message. And the things that's been really helpful for me is number one, not expecting that we will talk about the message the whole time. <laughs> like, right. <clears throat> Sorry, I choked on my own spit don't, for a second. Don't you die on me. Not here. <laughs> not now. Uh, hopefully we can edit that out, fix that in post. No, not, we're leaving that. You just, you just heard me choke on my own spit. Here's the idea number one not expecting that we will talk about the message the whole time because I've got a group of 10 sixth grade guys and sometimes they want to talk about just random stuff. So the way I kick off every week's group is, hey, everybody, let's just go around and reintroduce ourselves so we can learn each other's name. And then let's name one interesting fact. Last time we talked about what your favorite color was, least favorite food. It's just something to get them talking. Then once we get through that, 
ask everybody what was the best part of your week and what was the worst part of your week. And then once we get through that, then we move into, great, now let's talk about the message. And now here's what I don't do. I don't say, hey, what'd you think about the message? <laughs> what I do is I make sure that every single one of my students has their own message guide that has the scriptures, the points, and the space where they can take notes. Now, because I've got sixth grade guys, the majority of them don't ever take any notes or write down their own questions, but most of them do actually fill in the blanks on those points. And so what I'll do is I'll call on one of the guys and I'll say, hey, will you read that first scripture? And I have him read it out loud to everybody. Then once we get past that, I'll ask the rest of the group, did anybody fill in the blank that's underneath that one? And then I just let them tell us what the blank is. Then I ask the question. And so at this point, I've involved these students, sixth grade guys, in reading the scripture, reminding everybody what the point is, and then now I'm pitching it for them to talk about that question. And usually I'll just read the question because it's right there in front of them so they can know what the question is, and I just let them talk for a while. And then once the conversation starts to die down, I'll call on somebody else to read the next part of the scripture, and then the next point that they filled in the blank for, and then the next question. And what I do is I lean pretty heavily on that message guide. Now, I'm not saying that that's the best thing to do for every small group. Obviously, if you've got a great relationship with your group and they're ready to jump in on whatever the topic was, then let them loose. But for me with a group of sixth grade guys, having that structure is super helpful. And as much as I can give them ownership of the conversation, the more I want to, because the more chances we get to be a part of something, the more committed we are to that thing. And so letting them be the ones reading the scripture, telling everybody what the points are, and then pitching it to them to answer the questions, for whatever reason, it just makes them way more engaged in the process. Now, to be clear, this does not mean that we talk about the message the whole time, because I recognize that would be an unrealistic expectation for this group of sixth grade guys. But most weeks, we get a good 10, 20, maybe even 25 minutes of meaningful conversation based around the content from that message. But it all comes back to utilizing that message guide, making sure every one of my guys has it in their hands while the message is playing. They've got a pen so they can take notes. And then using that to give them the ownership of the conversation so that in reality, what I'm doing is I'm playing the role of a guide facilitating a conversation and not trying to own or dominate whatever that conversation is about. I, I really liked what you said at the beginning. You said, I don't ask them. I don't start off by asking them, what was your favorite thing about the message? Because in reality, if, if you did, and I know that that seems like a lot of you listening are probably like, that's actually what I usually lead with. Okay. So don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. That's, that's not a big deal. It's not like it, that's a horrible thing. But, but if you think about it, you are the leader of the small group. And, and if we lead with, hey, what did you think about the message? We're not actually leading them anywhere. We're just going like, hey, honestly, if you think it was trash, go ahead and tell me. Like, let's just focus on how trash James <laughs> was when he gave this message this week. What garbage whoa, 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 whoa. did he even try? Wait, what? Josh, hold on. Wait. Time out. You're telling me that some people don't like the messages? I'm saying, James, that some people have bad taste. Okay? That's mostly. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. You know, I don't. Calm down. Don't get your feelings hurt. No. I. But I think when you think about that. Um, there could be a student that's going, I don't know, I don't know how much of that message I, you know, I connected with or how much of it was for me. Right. But if you as Absolutely. a leader take the steps to lead them through the different aspects of it, it can help them understand, hey, just because not the whole message connected to you, there might be one or two parts of it 
that really, really did. And you get to yeah. lead them in that direction. So that's really, really good, James. Um, hey, whoever submitted, the leader that submitted that question, actually several of you submitted um, that question. Thank you so much for that. And Absolutely. those of you that still have questions, please send them in. Email them to us at switch at life.church. Hey, so as we head into our topic this week, um, as, as we go into each different um, series of Switch, we love to meet with you, James, and talk a little bit about what is coming up. Like what is, tell me about the series that we're going into so that we as Switch leaders can be as prepared as possible to lead students in the direction that we're headed. And the series that we're in right now is called Kingdom People. And at the very beginning of this series, you led us through half of that series. This is a longer series. And so we intentionally broke it into two parts. And um, so now we're going to kind of talk through the last half of this Kingdom People series. And I'd love it if you just kind of um, give us a recap, a little bit of what's what are we about to see over the next four weeks of Switch? Yeah, absolutely. So like Josh said, we are moving into the second half of the Kingdom People series, which is built around this idea that all of us as followers of Jesus have been invited into God's kingdom. And as kingdom people, we have a role to play, advancing the kingdom of God to every corner of creation, inviting others to be a part of what God is doing so that they can understand just how good the gospel, the good news of Jesus really is. And so at the very beginning of the series, back in week one, we talked about this idea that the defining qualities of kingdom people are that we are led by Jesus, we're shaped by grace, and we are moved by love. And then every step of the way, as we've been walking through Jesus's teachings found in the Sermon on the Mount, chapters five, six, and seven of Matthew's gospel, we have been showing how each section of the Sermon on the Mount points back to one or more of those three big ideas. So week one was just an overview of the series. Week two, we stepped into the blessings, the Beatitudes that kick off this um, section of Jesus's teachings. And we use the Beatitudes to help us understand that the values of God's kingdom are radically different than the values of our culture. Then in week three, you heard a live speak from your youth pastor where they talked about Jesus's declaration that as kingdom people, we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world, meaning we stand out because salt is distinctive. It offers a very clear flavor. And as followers of Jesus, that's what we are supposed to do wherever we go. Not only that, but we are the light of the world. We're called to bring hope to those that are in need. And the way that we do that is by loving our enemies. That is the most counter-cultural, counter-intuitive, backwards, upside down, makes no sense ethic that Jesus ever introduces. And yet, that is the thing that most sets us apart and shows others the character of God. Then in week four, we looked at the series of You've Heard It Said, But I Say from Jesus, where he's connecting the teachings found in the Old Testament to the heart it is meant to tr transform in us. And we use that whole section to illustrate the idea that life in the kingdom is not built on following a bunch of rules. It's about becoming more like Jesus. Because Matthew 5, 48, Jesus caps off that section of teaching by saying, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. And it's important to recognize that Jesus didn't say do perfect. <laughs> he mm -hmm. said be perfect. Because all of those, you've heard it said, but I say, was meant to produce in us the type of transformation that would make us more 
like Jesus. So that's where we've been. Now, where we're going in week five, we're going to look at the section in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus uh, takes a look at three of the most common spiritual practices of his day, fasting, giving, and praying. And oftentimes the religious leaders of Jesus's day would use those practices to build themselves up rather than build others up. They would do good things so that people would think they were good people. And what we're going to look at is this idea that life in the kingdom isn't about doing a bunch of good things. It's about becoming people who are good news, that the motivations behind what we do matters, that in the kingdom of God, doing good things is a good thing. But if we do good things for bad reasons, then we're actually falling into the same trap and temptation that the Pharisees did so long ago. That's what week five is going to be about. Then in week six, we're tackling the second half of Matthew six, where we're going to look at Jesus challenging us to see the world the way that God does with eyes full of hope, with trust, with abundance, rather than fear, worry, and scarcity. Because when we live as kingdom people, we see the world as it really is. Not a place full of darkness and shame that will prevail in the end, but a place where God is working to make all the wrong things right. Then in week seven, we're kicking off uh, the seventh chapter of Matthew's gospel, where Jesus says some really, really challenging, controversial, misquoted, and misunderstood words where he says, hey, do not judge, because in the same way that you judge others, you too will be judged. So we're talking all about what did Jesus really mean, and how does that apply for us as his followers today? Then week eight of the series, the final week, is going to cap off the entire series by looking at the final four parables that Jesus tells about um, the broad and narrow road, the Uh, foolish disciples, the false teachers, and then the wise and foolish builders that are all reinforcing the same idea that as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, his students, if all we do is hear these words without putting them into practice, then we're really missing the point. And that week will actually be the week where we as a Life Church staff are celebrating our family reunion that happens every year. So we will not be having Switch in real life that week, but we will still be meeting at Switch Online, on YouTube. We'll have all of our other uh, Switch doors open to make sure that students are able to still be engaged in the community of Switch so they can grow closer together to become who God's created them to be. Yeah, and and on that topic, I think it's important for uh, our, our switch leaders to to know we don't ever have a week where switch isn't happening like there's you know like we talk about hey we're not having switch in real life there's a reason we say it's not in real life Be, because on. we want to make sure that you understand all that means is we're not meeting in the building it Absolutely. doesn't mean switch isn't happening because switch <laughs> it's you building relationships the switch yes. switch it's this can sound crazy and i used to as a youth pastor I used to think man that's asking too much of people and then I got over myself and realized Jesus asked a lot of us. And so switch, oh switch is actually becomes your life. And, and don't, don't, I don't want to lose you here, but I want you to think about this as, as a leader, you can't truly um, disciple someone and you can't truly influence someone to understand the love of Jesus. If you don't actually accept that they have become a part of your life. And so mm, switch, wow. whether we're meeting in the building or not, doesn't matter because your relationship with those students should be far beyond the building. Come on. And Josh. so us being like, hey, we can't be here in real life. Don't, cool. That, that actually should be your opportunity to be like, great. We finally don't need to be in the building that Wednesday. I guess everybody's <laughs> coming to my house. 
or I guess we're going to be meeting at a coffee shop, or I guess we're going to be meeting at the park. Like we're going to do something that isn't going to be a step back. It's going to be us taking advantage of an opportunity. And that's what will be happening in week eight is your greatest opportunity. When, when you meet with students outside of the building, you show them yeah. that their relationship to you matters more than just a building, that it is not a transaction. It is a relationship. And so it's not like, there guys, no switch this week. I don't, I can't check in. I don't, okay. Like, I don't, you don't need a name tag. They should know your name. So like <laughs> have relationship, take advantage of that opportunity. Um, the, the greatest stories about connection um, that we hear often come from leaders who go, man, if we're not having switch in real life at the church, we're having it in real life somewhere else. Or, on, or if man. we can't do that, we're meeting online. We will find a way because this matters too much. And so I'm really, really excited about that. James, in general, like I, I, I'm really excited about the back half of Kingdom People. The, the first half of Kingdom People has been so good. This was such a great way for us to kick off the year and to help students from the get-go to understand what it means to be a kingdom person. Like, what does it mean? If I say I'm a follower of Jesus, there's this like Western understanding of what that means. And then there is the truth of what that means. Like, what does it mean to be a kingdom person? And so I'm really excited. The, The first title, week five, not doing good things, becoming good news. Like if yep. you don't get excited about what that message is going to bring, you just need to, I, I was going to say walk away. Don't walk away. Um, <laughs> but, but you need to check yourself, okay? Because that is yeah, going to yeah. be so good. Not doing good things, becoming good news. It's just so, it means so much more than what we yeah. often think it means. And I don't, I think I grew up, I grew up in Switch, okay? I, I love our youth ministry, but I also grew up, being the kid that you were kind of describing, thinking, I need to do a lot of right things. Like I need to follow all the rules. And it wasn't, it it was, it was through pure intentions. And I did, like, I wanted to please God, but you better believe I also wanted to please people. Okay. Like I, I wanted people to look at me and think what a good, like, he's a great kid. Like he, he does all the right things. Like I wanted that praise. And it was, it was like, I thought it was right. And I was 19 years old when I remember truly in my truck alone breaking down because I realized how truly broken I was without Jesus. Like if, if it yeah. weren't for him, I am an absolute mess. And, yeah. um, and, and I was 19. And it was because of the seeds that were planted as a teenager through our youth ministry that it finally resonated with me. And so I am, I am excited for them to get to hear this and to be able to understand and I know that we we sh- we preach on it's not like this is the first time we preached on this, but th- this will be, in my opinion, based on what I've got to see in the first half of Kingdom People, and what I'm expecting out of the second half. So I'm, I have high expectations, James. Don't screw this up. But <laughs> I like I just feel a depth and a a hey, we're not trying to explain this to you in in the way that we think um, Christians in uh, in the U S would understand it. Right. Like we're not trying like, but instead we are going to read the scripture to you and we want you to see the way of Jesus. Like we like, like not the way that we do it, but the way Jesus did it and what his heart was for this. So 
man, I am really, really excited. Uh, I hope that everybody is excited looking ahead um, to know what is coming. James, is there anything else that you want to share with switch leaders throughout our church um, before we wrap up our episode? Yeah, I mean, I think my last thoughts would just be recognize that this whole journey that we're going on with our students is also for us, right? Like as somebody who's a part of crafting this content, I take it really seriously that the things that I'm teaching or putting together are things that I'm actually practicing because it's in the Sermon on the Mount and also a lot of other places where, where Jesus calls out the danger of hypocrisy, the danger of preaching one thing and practicing another. And for those of us who are switch leaders, as we are setting the example for our students, we have to remember that uh, good content is a good thing, but our example carries so much more weight than anything that myself or Ryan Hunter or Gavin Espinoza or Allison McCraw or any of our other switch communicators will ever say from stage. Because at the end of the day, the most powerful leadership tool we have is our example. And so I, I really do want to be the kind of person where when people see my life, just my life, not my words, would lead them closer to Jesus. And that's my hope for every single one of you as switch leaders, that you would experience the joy that comes from following not just the truth of Jesus, but the way of Jesus. Because as we've been talking about on the weekend, that there is a better way and that all of us have been invited to be a part of that better way. And so as you are leading through this series, allow these truths to get planted deep enough inside you to produce a change that so that when our students see you, they see someone else who's in the process of becoming more like Jesus. Man, I can't help but say, come on. Okay. Like I can't even, I I thought about holding it back, but Hey, this is going to be a really, really uh, great stretch as we, as we go through the second half of um, the kingdom people series, we are excited to see what God does in the lives of each of our leaders and in the lives of each of our students. Remember, if you have questions or topic ideas, things you'd like to hear us talk about on the switch leader podcast, um, please submit those questions to email them to us at switch at life.church. After all, the Switch Leader Podcast is created for you. We want to do everything we can to equip switch leaders to be the best that they can be. Thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Tomorrow.